Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord for The Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Welcome to Walk with God. My name is Brenda. Walt and I are glad you've joined us. You know, there are people listening to this podcast in 18 different countries, and it is exciting for us to share teaching from God's Word with you each week. So, I have a story to tell you. Oh, goody. (laughs) You know, I always have to go back, right? Well, when I was in high school back in Pennsylvania, uh, I took a water safety instructor course at WSI through the Red Cross, and it was a pretty intense class. And most of the other students in this class were on the Tawanda High School swim team. And so I would go over to Tawanda because they had this indoor pool. It was in January. And that first night when I showed up, of course, we had to pass a swimming test. There were things we needed to be able, you know, you needed to be able to dive and go to the bottom of the pool. But then you needed to be able to swim quite a long distance. And um, yeah, I was the last one to finish that part. And I did finish, which was kind of to the surprise of everyone, as the people on the Tawanda High School swim team finished in record time ahead of me. Well, over the next weeks, I worked really hard. I studied for all the quizzes each week. I prepared for the final water exam. And I'll never forget that evening of the final exam and one part of the test. A person is pretending to be drowning and you are to approach them, turn them around, you secure them under your arm, and then you are to bring them safely to the side of the pool or to the shore. And um, of course, they are filled with panic and they try to lunge at you. Well, my victim was a large man. He was probably about 100 pounds heavier than me. Um, And I went below the water, I turned him around, came up behind him, secured his body under my arm, and I locked my hands together. And then he began to wrestle to twist and turn. And at that point, I just allowed him to flail as much as he wanted. And I just floated on top of his body. And actually, he had his face down in the water. And I just laid there. (laughs) And (laughs) so eventually, of course, he needed some air. And he came back up, he tried a couple other times to break my hold. And each time I would just let him wrestle, I would let him struggle um, until he would run out of air and need to come back up and he calmed down. Well, you know, Just like that, there are times when we're studying God's word that some of those truths are deep there. We don't get them, right? Because we can't get God. And so as we study God's word, we are going to wrestle sometimes. And that's what we're going to see as we open up the first few verses in John's gospel, chapter one. And the good news is God is okay if we wrestle. And so we are going to jump right in to the deep end of the pool with verses 1 and 2 in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, 
and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Yeah, and even just these first two verses are just pregnant with meaning. Uh, We told you that John is the most heavily theological of all the gospel accounts. And so we we start not just at the beginning of, of the life of Jesus Christ. We start with the beginning of the world. We start with the beginning of the world and who's there? Well, God's there, but also the word is with him. And that word is a very important uh, concept. It's the logos. Um, The son existed in eternity past. um, And and yet at the same time, that logos became flesh and blood. Um, And and John refers back to Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created. Um, There's creation. God said, let there be light. And so there was light. And John is teaching us about this eternal triune God that's found in the book of Genesis who creates all life. And then God speaks. He said, well, that's the word. That's his word becoming living and active and creative. Um, The word was with God. Um, The son has an intimate relationship with the father from all eternity past. Now, this is where I always give a warning. Um, If I misstate this next uh, little bit, um, I I could actually be committing a a very serious heresy. Um, Jesus Christ did not exist in all eternity. Jesus Christ is the God-man who, through the power of the Holy Spirit um, and the hypostatic union of, of the Spirit of God and the Spirit of man, because of this, Jesus is the name for this God-man that was born. But forever, the Son and the Spirit existed with the Father. And they always have been, they are, and they always will be the Trinity, God in three persons. And then continuing on in that phrase, The Word was God, Um, even the idea that the Word was spoken, but it's also God. And what does that mean? And what, what, how is John using this language of Lagos? Um, But even with the, the Word was with God, John has some important themes to share with us in these first couple of verses. First of all, the triune God, He is the eternal God from everlasting to everlasting, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And secondly, if if we get to this passage, he became flesh. The the deity of Christ, Jesus was and is forevermore the Son of God incarnate. He's always been the Son, but the Son of God incarnate. And then there's just this loving, intimate relationship between the Father and the only begotten Son and the Spirit of God. And all three, verse 3 says, all three of these came into being through him. Apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Um, The word created all things. The Father initiated this creation, but it was done through the active agency. And later in Colossians, it will be spelled out even more clearly that, that Jesus is the active agent, even though the Spirit is hovering on the water. And then finally, in verses 4 and 5, in him... So not just the word, but now it's a person. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. This concept of light and darkness, um, John's going to repeat this throughout this gospel, but also even in his epistles. This is very important, um, that you can either walk in the light or you can walk in the darkness. And and John's going to explain what walking in the life uh, looks like. And this whole idea of 
the title given to Jesus, uh, that he's going to be the light of all men, that he's going to be God's living word among us. Um, it's meant to, to, um, to give you safety and security and, and peacefulness that, that he came and he loved us so well, he even died for us. That's the light of men. That's who God gave us. Uh, but there's a darkness. There's the Satan, um, the world, the flesh, and the devil. That Satan, sinful people in this world, and then the whole world system that that is turned against God in some uh, profound ways. Um, that's who didn't comprehend it. Um, the the darkness was not able to overcome or overpower, extinguish the light. But the light will shine forth. And to know that this is the true Jesus in his earthly life. Uh, many will come up against him and, and cry out, crucify him. And they will put him in a borrowed grave for three days. But he will arise and he will live on forever. And he will be victorious over death. And someday his victory will be experienced by all of us who are following him. And those opening verses, Walt, as you said, are just so profound, uh, rich in theology. Yeah. I mean, they just, those opening verses bowl us over, right? Mm -hmm. And then the thought that here's the word, eternal with God, the triune God, he's the light. And then we come into verses six to eight, and we see that God made the decision, made the choice to send a forerunner, one who would go before. And so we are introduced to a man sent from God whose name was John, not John writing the gospel, but John the Immerser, John the Baptist. And he came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify. His name is John. We know he was sent from God with a specific purpose. His birth was foretold in Luke 1, 5 to 25. He, his parents are Zachariah and Elizabeth, a very unusual situation with this baby, a miracle baby as yeah. it is. And that's because God wanted it to be known that this was part of his plan for this forerunner. And there was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He is in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were with him did not receive him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. And so this true light is the creator of the world, and he came into the world he created. So, okay, that could be confusing. He is the creator of the world, and yet he humbled himself and came into the world, what? As a baby, as that baby, um, as Jesus came into the world, and John is the forerunner telling us about the light who is coming. In verses 12 and 13, we see a climactic statement in John's prologue here. And this a verse, it just holds 
uh, meaning and purpose for what John's gospel is. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So those who will receive him, those who believe in his name, he'll change your status. Mm -hmm. He'll change your position. He has the full authority. Jesus has the full authority to change, as it were, your destiny. Remember, he's the only begotten son of the father, fully God, come to earth, fully man. And what is he going to change? If I receive him, if I believe in his name, he has the right, he has the authority to change my status to what? Become a child of God. This is a new family relationship, sons and daughters. We are called by him, but there are steps we've got to take. We have to receive him. These verses tell us his own did not receive him. They didn't recognize him and they rejected him, in fact. And I want us to know here, God is not everybody's father. He created everybody and they are his. But Jesus says in John eight forty two, if God were your father, you would love me. God is not everyone's father. Do you love the father's son? That's the test right there. How can we become children of God? Verses 12 and 13 are so important. If we want to become a child of God, each of us must receive him as the son of God, Jesus, and believe in his name. And friends, our eternal life is at stake. Not everyone is a child of God. But I ask this question, am I a child of God? Are you a child of God? You must receive him as the son of God and believe in his name. And, and of course, I just love this. Um, I think I said in our introduction that when I became a believer on July 13th, 1978 at Penn State University, that at that moment, I finally understood what I needed to do. I finally understood that my anger and, and all the things I was doing in high school, um, they were sin. They were just uh, me just being mad at the world and mad at God for different reasons. And yet when I came to God and when I understand the Son loved me, and when I, I heard the message of the gospel, I trusted. And then I began, uh, under the direction of, of the, the man that helped lead me to Christ, I, I began to study. He wanted us to study John together. And I'm not even sure if we got that summer, if we got out of John chapter one, because again, it's so rich. But mm. I'm continuing on in verse 14. And the eternal word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, glory of the only begotten from the father, full of grace and truth. And it's interesting. Most of the time that that glory was veiled in flesh. But especially at the Mount of Transfiguration, for just a moment, Jesus um, unleashed and showed forth the glory of God that, it, that is his, and it, because he, in essence, is one with the Father. And so the glory shone out here uh, more than the noonday sun. And Peter, James, and John said, we should stay here and build booths. We should hang around here. Right. But, but this aspect of this fully human just being able at that point to just say, let me unveil to you a little bit of who I am 
and how I will operate and then who I am going to be in the future. The son who's from all eternity, fully God, became a man and dwelt among people and grace and truth are realized through Jesus Christ. And I love that concept of grace and truth. You know, uh, what I've observed is over the years, um, people have a tendency to either be grace people and it's okay, God loves you, okay, or truth people. This is your sin. This is the, the truth of the gospel. You must repent. And yet Jesus was this perfect combination of grace and truth. Mm -hmm. He could forgive um, a woman caught in adultery. But then he could immediately say, go and sin no more. That's right. grace and yeah. truth together. Yeah. And then John testified about him, this one who, who came to be the light of the world. This is was he who I said, he comes to me after me, but he has a higher rank for he existed before me. And if you go through all the scriptures, John is the forerunner and he boldly is testifying him, but he's the older one. He's, he's six months older. When Mary is told that she's pregnant with a child, she says, oh, go and see Elizabeth. She's six months pregnant with a, with a boy. Mm -hmm. And so even though John, the baptizer, um, is older chronologically, Jesus is eternally preexistent. And he is older than not just John, but every human being that has ever lived um, and he existed before me. He's the second member of the eternal triune God, and he has authority. That's what John wants it, us. That's what John wants his readers to get, that he has the authority because he is the word. He is eternal. He is the light. He is full of grace and truth. That's why he has the authority. And these first 15 verses John, the gospel writer, is going back and forth. He's the word, the light. Oh, let me tell you about the forerunner. And he gives us these little snippets. And then he goes back to the light. And if you will receive him and if you will believe in his name. And then here, I love in 15, as you shared, Walt, John testified. He was bold. This man yeah. lived a very different life. He walked in obedience exactly what God called him to do. He followed through on it till that tragic day when King Herod put out the issue for him to lose his head. And he is a bold testifier of who Jesus, the light, the word of God is. Well, as we go into verse 16, for of his fullness, we have all received and grace upon grace. And I like the verse as it reads in the New Living Translation, from his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. Yeah, I like that. That's great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's maximized grace, right? Yeah. A gracious gift, a gracious blessing. And I, and I like that thought. It's blessing and blessing and blessing just on top of each other. And so I want to ask you as our listeners, have you ever heard the story of a woman named Catherine Wolfe? She is a woman who has faced some very difficult and hard situations. She has not lived an easy life, but her testimony is amazing. It is very convicting. Whenever you hear um, her speak, uh, God lives in this woman and she lives to bring glory to him. And this quote 
goes along with this verse that we find here in verse 16. Each day, I'm on the hunt for gratitude. I look for moments of joy. I look for specific reasons to be grateful. And I want to encourage you to find out some more about this woman's life, Catherine Wolfe. Well, even as we conclude verses 17 and 18, for the law was given through Moses. And that's huge for a good Jew to understand that. But even um, people that weren't Jewish, uh, people that were uh, of the other nations, they they knew about Moses's law. But God's unfailing love and his faithfulness comes through Jesus Christ. And as we finish today, we want to talk close with these words from one of our favorite hymns. We had it played at our wedding. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, early in the morning our song shall rise to thee. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. Father, thank you for sending your son to pay the penalty for our sin. Jesus, Thank you for your obedience to hang on the cross and bear our guilt and shame. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your indwelling presence in the life of every believer. You are one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Until our next time together, may we continue to walk with God. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord for The Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.